you know, I was thinking of like sermon illustrations over the past week or so. And I'm like, I could take and I could get some Jenga building blocks and then have one be like God's your foundation and having a really good foundation. Wow, that's a little too high. <laughs> and then have another one where worldly things are your foundation. And you know, we have the Trinity to build up off of, so we get a nice three-layer set at the bottom where if you're building things off worldly things, then you end up having like one thing that you focus on. And then as I build up the Jenga sets, I can jump around and everything collapses except for the thing that's built on God. But that whole sermon went away. can we get the big slide up? There's a video that enters it. Oh, so nice. Doomsday-esque, right? Looks a little scary. No? Oh. <laughs> it freaks you out? Good, scary. So on the left side, if you look, it's kind of like a nice factory, and then on the right side, it's completely demolished. So like end of the world kind of concept, um, but the sermon for today is tomorrow, and the portion that we're going to cover is sovereignty. This is going to be a four-week series. A little nervous about that. <laughs> so hopefully this week will be a little rough, maybe, but then as we progress, hopefully everything will smooth out. Um, the, the whole series is to help address um, the perils and anxiety that come with the uncertainty of our current time. So with the tensions between like the US and North Korea and then Britain spreading from the European Union and not really knowing exactly what's gonna happen over there. And then we have the constant threats of terrorism and then the recent school shooting in Florida. I mean, it, it's kind of difficult to like not be a little bit scared at times. So I'm hoping, praying, pray for me, <laughs> that this whole series will help guide us uh, with what the Bible says about our apprehensions regarding the future and how we can trust an unchanging God in a time of unpredictability. Diving into the topics of persecution and worry, this series will encourage us to remain Ooh. I repeated myself. <clears throat> okay, so in the book of Isaiah, which is going to be our first week of what we're going to cover, uh, we have the prophet Isaiah, who's living in the nation of Judah. Aww. I had an image of Judah that I spent this morning working on to display. I forgot to put that in the slides. So, um... We, we have uh, Israel, and then there's Jerusalem, and below Jerusalem, actually, no, Jerusalem is in Judah. And then above is a different section. A little sad. <laughs> so with the book of Isaiah, there's uncertainty in his nation at that time. Uh, Isaiah was comforted by a vision of God on his throne, the message that was given to Isaiah is the main portion of scripture that we have to cover today. Uh, the reason being is that 
when we can recognize God's sovereign rule over the facet of the world, we can have peace in spite of the turmoil around us. So what does sovereignty mean? Very important for us to understand what exactly that is. So we have, it can mean supreme excellence or example of it. So who wants to be supreme excellent? Just me. <sighs> supreme power. Who wants supreme power? Tell everyone what to do? No? Uh, freedom from um, external control. No one can tell me what to do. Eh, we got a little. <laughs> um, free from a controlling influence. So, I mean, the kind of trends that we have nowadays, it's just not going to affect you. Pretty good. Younger generation probably gets that one fairly well. Um, I, I sneezed yesterday on the way home from the movies with Tracy, and I sneezed into my arm, um, you know, just to not get it on my hands and all. And I was driving, and I told her, I was like, you know, I was like so tempted to just go like that. And she was like, where does that even come from? I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> I would like the youth to know. Anyone want to tell us what that's all about? No, okay. <laughs> I, I, I think it's part of a dance. I just have no clue. I'm not a dancer. Tracy will tell you that. We did not slow dance on our wedding day. But we did slow dance um, at her Uncle John's wedding. That was our first dance. So that was nice. Elvis Presley. <laughs> um... So another meaning of sovereignty is one that is sovereign, which is acting independently or having the freedom to do so, which is also known as autonomous. Nice descriptions. Uh, when we think of God having a sovereign rule over not just our lives, but over the world we live in, there's nothing we have to fear. Um, there's nothing that can question the authority of God, and since we know that we have a loving God, we know that his intentions are always good. We may not understand the difficulties that we face at any point in time, um, but I believe we can all be comforted by the love that God displays to us. So let's dive into the first set of scripture verses that we have, which is Isaiah 6, verses 1 through 7. I am reading from the New Living Translation. Fun fact, that was my first Bible. Uh, verse 1, it was in the year King Uzziah died that I saw the Lord. He was sitting on a lofty throne, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Attending him were mighty seraphim, each having six wings. With two wings they covered their faces, with two they covered their feet, with two they flew. They were calling out to each other, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of heaven's armies. The whole earth is filled with his glory. Their voices shook the temple to its foundation, and the entire building was filled with smoke. Then I said, it's all over, I'm doomed. We can all feel like that sometimes, right? <laughs> For I am a simple man, sinful man, I'm sinful too. <laughs> I have filthy lips, and I live among a people with filthy lips. Yet I have seen the king, the Lord of heaven's armies. Then one of the seraphim 
flew to me with a burning coal he had taken from the altar with a pair of tongs. He touched my lips with it and said, See, this coal has touched your lips. Now your guilt is removed and your sins are forgiven. So you could say that Isaiah's country was going through a fairly rough time. It was around like 740 B.C. Uh, the king Uzziah that they had had reigned for 52 years, and he just died. Um, he was generally considered to be a good king, reigned long and proper, prosperous, uh, but many people in the kingdom were turning away from God. Isaiah being a prophet and seeing his fellow countrymen turning away from God was starting to think that he maybe was a bit safer in the coming day of judgment than everyone else was. Um, when Isaiah had his vision, we see in verses uh, 2 and 3, the angels are praising God. And then in verse 5, Isaiah realizes that he's in the same boat as everyone else. He's a sinner just like all of us are. But in verse 7, his lips are touched with burning coal, and he's told that his sins are forgiven. Could you imagine getting touched with burning coal on your lips? I, I mean, it had to be excruciating in its vision. So, it, just, wow. <laughs> um, for a visual example of summarizing this text, I wanted to have some sort of visual representation of burning coals up here. So I'm like Googling different ways to do it, and it was just like, nah, this isn't working out. And then I could give everyone a piece of coal to remember this, to remember the symbolism of like the coal touching your lips and being clean. Um, only downfall with that is, as Tracy pointed out to me, it was gonna be messy. And it was probably gonna get over your clothes and your Bibles and so forth, your hands will be black. Um, so I went away from that. Uh, some things I like to do are just so messy sometimes, though. <laughs> Life is messy. Uh, so instead, I opted for a Brita pitcher. The Brita pitcher, like most home filtration systems, has a filter inside to help filter out whatever we have that we don't uh, want in there. Uh, it so happens that a lot of these Brita filters, the pure filters and so forth, they have charcoal. Hence the illustration charcoal in there. <laughs> uh, these things are never fun to put in. There we go. I always mess it up whenever I take it out. It's like, I'm going to put it right back in the way it was and it just never works out. Um, So we end up passing our water through this, and it helps to filter all the bad stuff out and everything. So I have a nice container of water that I put a little bit of coffee in. And as the coffee goes through, it's naturally going to filter out a lot of the impurities through the cold filter. I hope I didn't get too much water. We'll give that a second. 
But as you can see, as it's passing through the filter, it's naturally becoming clearer, kind of like whenever the seraphims were touching the coal to Isaiah's lips. Just a little more. You know, if I had a dollar on me right now, I'd dare Zach to drink all of this. But I don't, so sorry. <laughs> um, the, the one thing that we can miss when reading this scripture about the seraphim touching the coal to Isaiah's lips is that it was actually God that permitted it. Even though it may not say, hey, God said, seraphim, go do that. It was God that allowed it. And in response, Isaiah submitted himself entirely to God's service. No matter how difficult the task is, he'd say, here I am, send me. Um, there, there's a song from Lecrae from one of his earlier albums where throughout the entire song, he's like, here I am, send me. And it's one of those things that uh, I've always felt strongly about. It's like, if God can use us in a circumstance, we should allow him to do so and not be like, well, I really don't feel like it at this moment or I have too many things going on. It's God first. Um, so the painful cleansing process was necessary was necessary before Isaiah could fulfill the task to which God was calling him. Uh, before we accept God's call to speak for him to those around us, we must be cleansed as Isaiah was, confessing our sins and submitting to God's control. Letting God purify us may be painful, but we must be purified so that we can truly represent God who is pure and holy. Our next scripture is Isaiah 26, uh, verses 3 and 4. You will keep in perfect peace all who trust in you. All whose thoughts are fixed on you, trust in the Lord always, for the Lord God is the eternal rock. One might wonder if Isaiah was thinking of his throne room experience when he wrote these words 20 chapters later. Isaiah's life-altering encounter with God's presence happened while worshiping at the temple. Trusting in God's sovereignty, his unchangeable nature and power is a choice of where we are fixing our mind's focus. We must worship regularly as an intentional way of fixing our minds on God and the truth forth that he will always... Oh, sorry, I jumped... Uh, we must worship regularly as an intentional, intentional way of fixing our minds on God and the truths of his nature revealed in scripture. If we look at Psalm 33, we can see how regardless of our plans, it's the plans that God sets forth that will always come to fruition. That Psalm 33, verses 8 through 11. Let the whole world fear the Lord, and let everyone stand in awe of him. For when he spoke, the world began. It appeared at his command, 
The Lord frustrates the plans of the nations and thwarts all of their schemes. But the Lord's plan stand firm. His intentions can never be shaken. So what we can take away from this is that God is always in control. We may not always like the way things are going. We might just hate it. But we also can't see the big picture. Uh, Every moment we have is kind of like the start of a movie. We think and believe that where we're going, we know, and everything's going to be like fine and dandy. But only God does. One of the benefits of being omnipresent, I guess you could say. Uh, We have the freedom of choice, but just like in the movies we watch, there are a variety of twists, turns, ups, downs. Uh, It reminds me a bit of the movie Inception from 2010. Yes, 2010, eight years ago. For me, it seems like two or three. Um, I actually have a slide for that. It's a picture. It's a little thimble. Next one. There we go. Okay. Um, In the movie, you have your twists and your turns, and when you think the movie is just ending, left with wondering, what if it's not? Uh, Leonardo, Leonardo DiCaprio's character is just wanting to go home to see his kids, but what can seem like the end may just be the beginning. So, in the movie, he takes a little spinner, and he spins it. And the way you know whether you're in a dream state or you're in reality is the spinner will just keep spinning. At the end of the movie, they show his kids, and he's going and he takes his top and he spins it. Whenever he spins it, it keeps going. You start to see it teeter a little bit, and then it cuts. So you can't see it that well, but right there is the thimble towards the bottom of the screen. So. A lot of times you have this perception of, okay, this is it. Everything's going to work out. This is the end. But it's not. You're just going forward and have a new beginning. Um, Corey Ten Boom is a Christian Holocaust survivor whose family was persecuted for helping Jews escape Holland while it was occupied by the Nazis. She often used a piece of needlework to just demonstrate trust in God's sovereignty and all-knowing perspective. Now you can go back to the embroidery. Thank you. <laughs> uh, the back of the embroidery is messy. It's not perfect. You can kind of, sort of see what it's supposed to make out once you see the right side, but if you look just at the left side, it's like things are just everywhere. It's not what you would be like, oh, this is going to be like the perfect outcome. But through all of this mess that you see in the back, when you look at the front, you see what looks like, I think, a yellow lab. And it's all nice and pretty. While whenever we go through our lives, even though we have like all these little strings going everywhere and it's like, oh, where is God taking me? In the end, you're with God and your entire life is a beautiful masterpiece set forth by God. 
Um, one of the poems that Cory Tem Boom wrote is Life is But a Weaving. My life is but a weaving between my God and me. I cannot choose the colors he weaveth steadily. Oft times he weaveth sorrow, and I in foolish pride forget he sees the upper and I the underside. Not till the loom is silent and the shuttles cease to fly will God unroll the canvas and reveal the reason why. The dark threads are as needful in the weaver's skillful hand as the threads of gold and silver in the pattern he has planned. He knows, he loves, he cares. Nothing this truth can dim. He gives the very best to those who leave the choice to him. So, in closing, ooh, this is a short one today. <laughs> uh, in closing, with all the chaos in the world, we can choose to follow God or follow the world, but it's best to understand that God takes control of everything, and nothing can occur without him. Um, I pray that we all follow God and that uh, we'll allow him to take us where he needs us to be and to show his love to everyone around us. Um, we'll close in prayer, but there is a video that I want to play and then everyone can head out. Ryan, you're probably going to want to pause iTunes. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's bow our heads. Uh, Lord, uh, thank you for your presence and knowing everything and anything that happens in this world. Um, we may not see it, uh, but you definitely hold the key to everything. And we just hope that we take the time to stop, listen, and follow your ways and not pay attention to those horrible things that are around us, but also show um, comfort to those in need and to just show your love. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Video.